Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Mergers and Acquisitions for Small Business Owners, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link can be found on my YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at AB and p.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Deanne Chase is a business attorney and strategic business growth expert who works with entrepreneurs and business owners to create proper legal structures that form the foundation for successful business. Deanne has practiced law for over 20 years and has appeared in virtually every courthouse in Southern California defending businesses of all sizes against lawsuits. Deanne is passionate about sharing her wealth of legal knowledge to help entrepreneurs and business owners to avoid costly mistakes and lawsuits. Deanne has been honored as a woman of entrepreneurship by Comerica Bank and the Los Angeles Lakers and has received many commendations for her dedication to small business. More recently, her firm was nominated as the best law firm for small business by the Best of Small Business Awards, which celebrates business visionaries. Deanne has a remarkable ability to cut through the uncertainty and confusion experienced by many entrepreneurs and business owners when it comes to legal issues. She's a frequent speaker to groups large and small, has participated on many expert panels, and has been featured as a guest on many podcasts and radio programs. Deanne has created a broad range of products and programs that help entrepreneurs and business owners to incorporate manageable legal structures and systems into their businesses. So Deanne, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Candy. Glad to be here. 
I'm so glad to have you back. I know uh, you were originally a guest probably about a year ago or so, and I wanted to bring you back and just talk again. There's so much going on with legal issues, and we wanted to make sure that entrepreneurs are aware of what they should be doing. Um, But before we get into the questions that I have for you, I'd love for you to give a little bit more background on yourself and how you actually became a business attorney. Sure, sure. Uh, Yeah, so uh, I've been practicing law uh, about 25 years now, and boy, time goes by, doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, And I, uh, so I guess it kind of started with, I've always had a love of writing, and uh, I went to uh, UC Berkeley undergrad uh, studying rhetoric, actually, Mm. uh, which was all about, you know, uh, how to write and persuade and and all that good stuff. So uh, I kind of took my writing abilities into law school and when I came out of law school, I went straight into a, you know, a big downtown Los Angeles law firm, and we were representing businesses that were being sued, and that's why I say I've been virtually every courthouse in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and in those, for the first 10 years of my career, I only handled matters that were already, you know, starting with, here's a complaint, we're going to be in court and defending the businesses. So. You know, I was a trial attorney and defending businesses that were being sued, and I really saw so many um, structural issues that came up whenever, you know, you get preparing for trial and you're mm-hmm. looking at the evidence. And so when I uh, just change of life, I started my law firm in 2007, really in order to spend more time with my kids and not mm-hmm. be in court all the time. Right. And so really taking um, a front end perspective on businesses and helping them to put legal foundations in place to protect them and make sure they have everything they need when they would get into court. Right. So that uh, so that's what we've been doing here at Chase Law Group. Perfect. Well, I know our topic today is going to be talking about what it is to really be legally savvy as a business owner. I know there's so much that can go into that topic, um, but just for your own definition and to explain to our listeners, what would you say is the definition of being legally savvy? Right. So um, in order to be legally savvy, you know, you don't have to have gone to law school as a business owner, but it's about having an awareness and understanding of legal issues that can impact your business. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what it is. I mean, it's about empowering a business owner to operate their business, knowing that they have the legal structures in place to protect them if a lawsuit were to come down the pike. And also being legally savvy involves having a healthy business. So, mm-hmm. you know, having good systems, good record keeping, bookkeeping, insurance and all those sorts of things. So that's kind of big picture on what I talk about when I'm, when I'm educating uh, business owners on becoming legally savvy in mm-hmm. their businesses. Right. So what would you say would be some of the top things that business owners should really be looking for that could become problems in their business? Right. Well, um, I, uh, I kind of take a structural approach. I say there are basically five pillars to, to, to a legal structure. Um, and so, you know, looking for pitfalls, I always start with the entity structure Mm-hmm. You know, having a good business entity, an LLC or corporation, making sure that they're set up correctly, that they're maintained. Uh, and then um, the, the second pillar, if you will, is on their brand side of things. So making mm-hmm. sure that their intellectual property 
is secured by way of trademarks and that sort of thing. Um, the third pillar is in contracts, um, basically having written documentation that um, that documents your business business and professional relationships. Uh, the hot issue is the fourth pillar these days is on the employment side of things. Yes. Whereas an employer, but particularly here in the city of California, the law is ever changing. They're they're just they're <laughs> it falls at every step. So uh, so on the employment side, and the last side is on real estate, and basically, you know keeping track of your leases and maybe thinking about using real estate to, uh, to build your business structures. Mm-hmm. So Which is interesting right now too, with everything going on with COVID and you know, the changing landscape of even real estate and commercial real estate, especially. Oh, it's yeah. It's incredible. The impact that COVID has had on, on commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what we're finding a lot of right now is business owners or business clients are really taking a look at, their staffing and their use of their commercial property and finding that, um, you know, the big, big buildings and the, you know, parking structures and it's just not, you know, not as necessary, you know, now in today's environment being that our consumer, Mm -hmm. our clients are, are becoming more comfortable with the fact that they don't have to necessarily come into an office to talk to you, for example, or, you know, or have a a face-to-face meeting, which, you know, which is something I think COVID has really accelerated on both sides, on the side of the Mm -hmm. business owner providing services, but also on the side of the consumer who's now more accepting of the fact that you can have a Zoom call Mm -hmm. or something like that. And so people are finding they don't need the space as much. And what we're hearing a lot of is people are, you know, having those conversations with their landlords uh, and, uh, you know, and looking at their, their lease exits and, you know, and, and, and scaling down. Right. Yes. Well, I would love for you to touch on, I know your first pillar, you were kind of talking about the legal structures and I would love for you just to give an overview of those structures and maybe the pros and cons of each. So if someone is thinking right now, maybe they're a sole proprietor, but they're thinking of somehow becoming an entity other than what they are, like, should they consider an LLC or an S corp, you know, maybe just touching on the pros and cons of each so they can be a little more informed. Sure. Uh, Yeah. So the, the, the primary options are, corporation uh, or a a limited liability company, an LLC. Um, And just putting it right out there, I am a huge fan of the LLC structure Mm -hmm. uh, because it is a a very simple entity to set up and more importantly, very simple to maintain. Uh, But it also has tax ramifications. And so when I'm talking to my clients, particularly people who are sole proprietors, you know, who are talking to their accountants, for example, the accountants are usually saying, oh, we want you to be an S corp, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so, and what the, the S corp is, is essentially it's a tax function. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and, and I always work very closely with my clients, tax advisors to make sure what I recommend works for their tax perspective. But, um, but I still like an LLC that can be taxed as an S corp, which a lot of people don't realize. Mm-hmm. So, um, so LLCs are great because, you know, it, well, uh, going back, I mean, an, an entity is creates a, uh, it has its own separate legal existence. Mm-hmm. And so it is separate from you. And it's, and it's a wonderful way to be able to separate your business and your personal 
uh, liabilities. Um, that's the huge benefit of an LLC or a corporation. Uh, and then for tax purposes, uh, you can look at, you know, do you need to be an S corporation? Um, and LLC or corporation is the next conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, and on the corporation side of things, basically, I think what happens, particularly for small businesses, is, you know, you might have one or, you know, you have a husband and wife, or you have a couple of business partners or what have you. And if you're set up in a corporate structure, there are a lot of um, kind of strict rules that need to be applied in, in mm -hmm. a corporate structure that maybe people don't necessarily expect. So right. an example is particularly in business partnerships, people say, oh, you know, we're going into business and I'm going to have, you're going to have 30% and I'm going to have 50%. But that doesn't really work in a corporation as much. I mean, it does, but you have to realize you're allocating shares of stock versus mm -hmm. percentages of ownership. And that needs to, you know, kind of work out a certain way. And, um, and of course, the, the huge thing for many small business owners is compliance in a corporate right. structure. So uh, particularly, again, with these small businesses, you know, you're almost held to the same standard as a large corporation in that you have to have annual elections, you know, even if you're, you're the sole shareholder, you still have to document that you've had an election where you're electing yourself, you know, <laughs> as the president, secretary, treasurer, and you, uh, you know, you still need to have a board of directors and you need to have an annual meeting and you need to have, you should be having special meetings when you have large transactions, like maybe you're, you know, uh, leasing a vehicle or, or mm. leasing a space or what have you, where technically your board of directors and your corporation should be approving that and it should be documented. And so, um, and the reason it matters, because so many people don't do it, so many people, you know, and you know, Candy and I have <laughs> worked together with people like this, who have, you know, formed, maybe formed a corporation online, and then they get their book and they put it on the shelf. Sometimes they don't even fill in the blanks mm. I've seen. Um, and the reason it matters is that, um, you know, the primary purposes for a corporation are liability protection and tax benefits. Right. So, um, but you don't get the liability protection if you haven't maintained the formalities of the corporation. And the, the easiest one is the failure of a small business owners to maintain corporate minutes or documentation of corporate activities. Uh, and then, so ultimately, and like I said, I did litigation for 10 years. So when the lawsuit comes in, the, the party suing you will sue both the corporation and the individuals mm -hmm. under what's called an alter ego theory of liability, being that the person is claiming that the owner of the corporation did not maintain it separately and therefore mm -hmm. for purposes of their their claim or lawsuit that then the the individual should be allowed to access the individual's you know the owner's personal assets so um that's that's the biggest thing it's called the alter ego theory of liability which is basically a failure to comply with corporate formalities which is a big problem for small businesses having corporations. And then just to caveat though, and particularly in the state of California, many professionals cannot practice their profession through an LLC. Mm. So we are oftentimes forming corporate structures, particularly in situations where we have professionals such as, um, you know, dentists and physical therapists and occupational therapists and a lot of our professional clients that cannot practice through an LLC. Right. 
Well, I think one of the things that we come across that I try to educate the business owners on too is if you are forming one of these entities, you have to separate. You know, you can't have a personal bank account that you also use for business or I want to get my miles on my Amex and so I'm going to use it for both. And, you know, I keep telling people you need to separate those because I'm sure, you know, as you probably educate people all the time on this too, I know there's that term piercing the veil, right? And so we don't want them to pierce that veil. Well, the piercing the corporate veil comes with that what, what you're talking about is, is another factor in addition to failure to comply with the formalities by keeping corporate minutes, that is known as commingling. Mm-hmm. So that's a different factor, which is also um, can also, I've seen that used frequently in claims to pierce that veil, is that the owner has commingled personal and business assets. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that corporation or LLC, because the, the Co-mingling applies to an LLC as well. As soon as that that entity is set up, you need to yeah set up a separate bank account. Uh, I say you never write a check or put a charge on a corporate card or LLC card that you can't justify through your tax advisor as being a, right. a, you know a legitimate business expense. Because again, in litigation, they ask for copies. You know that party suing you will ask for copies of your your corporate um, bank statements and that sort of thing, because they are looking for commingling. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So mm-hmm. one of those things that we often need to educate them on, because I think it's just easier sometimes to, well, it's just easier to have one account or like I said, I want to get my miles or something, but I'm like, please don't, <laughs> please let's keep you protected. If that's the point of having your entity is for protection, we need to make sure that you're doing everything right, you know, to right. keep that protection. So. We see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, and also we do a lot of what I call corporate cleanup, which is basically, you know, when people come to us who have had corporations for years and years and have never done corporate minutes, for mm-hmm. example. Um, and so we, we really help them to kind of clean up their corporation and get it in a more presentable fashion. I was talking to a client the other day, actually, who said that he... Um, his company is like a you know four generation owned business. Mm. They've been in business a very long time, and we've been working together for a long time. But he said when I was talking to him about corporate minutes and how important they are, he said to me, "Well, you know, I've been audited by the IRS twice." He goes, "And they have asked for my corporate minutes every single time." And he goes, "And because of you and your firm, I actually had them." <laughs> so he turned them. You know, he said I had them, and it was very easy. And they just said mm-hmm. okay, and they checked it off. But uh, but a lot of people don't realize how important it is. Right. And I think small business owners are just so busy with all the hats they wear, right? Especially if it's one or two owners, right? And they're doing the marketing and the HR and they're trying to be the salesperson and they might be managing employees. And so they might think I'll get to it or it's not as important as these other things. And it just, they run out of time, right? So yeah. it's not always necessarily intentional, but it is a problem. Well, I think, I mean, a lot of times what, what I, I see is, yeah, business owners, I think, don't recognize necessarily how important these things are, mm-hmm. um, or they, or like you said, they do get so busy, you know, wearing so many hats and just basically struggling to keep the business going, mm-hmm. worried about cash flow and, and all of that, that some of these things kind of get pushed off to the side, or they say, oh, I'll just, you know, download a template, or, you right. know, we're all... You know, or Joe did this. I'll do what Joe did. (laughs) Joe doesn't know anything more than you do, but, you know, we're going to listen. So, uh, yeah, and that's really what I'm about is about um, making these uh, basically 
making access to legal information available to mm -hmm. business owners. And that's really what I'm working on now with some of the programs that I'm working on is just basically to get business owners the information they need from a reliable source. Right. That's so important. Well, we know we're, we've been months and months into now COVID-19 and so many things have impacted businesses. And I would love for you to touch on maybe things that business owners need to be aware of that maybe they're not um, because of this issue. Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> you know, and I feel so horrible for, for my business clients. You know, we are, they, they'll call us up. And again, that's the nice thing about having a relationship with our clients is they call us up as things come up. So, you know, uh, for example, when businesses were being shut down, as they are now being shut down again, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of questions from my clients, from business clients, were, what about, what do I do with my employees? You know, right. do I have to pay them? You know, uh, you know, uh, can I cut back their hours? You know, what about working remotely? You know, so now we have a lot of employees working remotely that maybe the job wasn't originally designed for a mm -hmm. remote relationship. And, um, and so what it really involves is a lot of employment issues uh, on the part of our, of our business owners, particularly, you know, the ones that have employees is, it's like at every step, there's, there are these questions that come up. So, for example, I have clients that are dentists, and so they have a lot of employees. Mm -hmm. um, and so, one of the questions when the you know when the dental uh, dental practices are being closed down is, you know, how do I, you know, furlough, which is mm -hmm. more of a temporary juncture, furloughing your employees and and following the very particular rules that apply to how you do that. I think it's a good idea, and a part of what I talk about being a legally savvy business owner is going directly to the source of the, the rules. So mm -hmm. the U.S. Department of Labor has a great website with a lot of really good information about what you know these employers need to be doing in very particular circumstances. Um, you know, you've got employees who, oh, my, my poor, you know, what happens if you have like I've had situations where, you know, an employee comes to the employer and says, my, my spouse tested positive, they've tested negative, you know, so how do you, how do you do that? What, you know, it's like, I think the best bet is always to err on the side of caution. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so in that case, you know, sometimes we're, we're just kind of reacting along with our clients. You know, we're, we're constantly, you know, trying to figure out what the, you know, what the requirements are. But if in doubt, you know, I just say they're, they're going to need um, to quarantine. Mm -hmm. And then that comes down to, okay, then, and then under the, the new laws, then those employees can, are entitled to, uh, if they're quarantined for, for a COVID-related reason, then you're looking at, um, family and medical leave, uh, you know, and paid leave even mm -hmm. by small employers. Uh, and that, of course, we've got distance learning situations where we have, um, par we have parents who are working from home and the employer is trying to figure out, you know, mm -hmm. how that works. So honestly, I, I, there are so many different pitfalls that are coming up with COVID, whether it's, um, you know, being aware of, I've got clients in the entertainment industry. 
So it's being aware of not only what the federal rules are, but also what your state and local rules are. So right. in California, we're being governed a lot by, you know, what the governor is 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 putting down, right, for mm -hmm. lawyers uh, and businesses, but also, you know, their county requirements. So like, right. for example, I've got entertainment clients that are doing production in LA County that has its own orders. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of just being aware that, that your business and, you know, business owners, they, they know their business, right? right. They may not know all the laws necessarily, but they know their business. And I think they just need to reach out and get access to information again about what they need to know that can impact their business. And so right. a lot of it relates to employees particular, but it also relates to what are your obligations to your customers? What about, you know, mask wearing and all of that? So that's, mm -hmm. those are the biggest issues. And I think uh, the answer is um, go to the source, uh, right. you know, go to the Employment Development Department for the state of California, go to the U.S. Department of Labor, um, and, um, I say, seek out and follow competent legal advice. <laughs> yeah. Competent being the key word. There competent yeah. legal advice, right. right. You know, mm -hmm. making sure that, you know, I have people who talk to someone at a, you know, at a birthday party or whatever. And they said, Hey, again, Joe, you know, Joe says right. I'm supposed to be doing this. And I'm like, right. well, yeah, but Joe may not know <laughs> everything. Right. And things change, you know, like you said, I mean, we had originally, you know, here in California too, or in our county, you know, we had a lockdown and over time things loosened up a little bit. And now it's back to, you know, we're at this tier where we can't have certain things and it's looking like it might even be where non-essential businesses could potentially be shut down again, you know, and so it's just really knowing what's happening. And then a lot of the laws that were passed, you know, even the reimbursement for the COVID were due to expire December 31st of 2020 and what's going to happen in 2021 if this is still continuing you know so it's going to be interesting to really just be watching what's happening and trying to stay abreast of all those changes so that we're doing everything we can to protect you know our employees our customers ourselves you know but following those rules and regulations that are constantly changing you know it's right. hard to keep track it's really hard to keep track mm -hmm. and that's why you do need to have a re reliable place to be able to go and get timely timely information that about these ch these changes in the laws right so talking about finding that competent legal advice to like what would you recommend to somebody how would they find someone who really is competent in that area and know that it's not just someone who's hung up a shingle and says that they've got law experience you know and can help you like how what advice would you give them to find someone that can really help um i think that you want to go to you know go to your local chamber of commerce. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a good starting point because a lot of local you know, people have a, who have a local state of mind who are looking to support local business owners will go to the chamber of commerce. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the best place. Your, your chamber CEO knows everyone. So, um, so they're, so they're in contact with your community and what you'll find is whether it's an accountant or a lawyer you know, if they're a member of the Chamber of Commerce, I think that they are in the, the state of mind of wanting to give back to the, you know, be a mm -hmm. participant in the business community. So I think that's usually the best place to start. And then also, you know, maybe go to a bar association. Um, you know, we're in, I'm in Southern California, so we've got, you know, LA County Bar, 
South Bay Bar Association, you know, these bar associations that have, you know, referral services and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, and take a look at, you can, if you, even if you go, for example, calbar.org, you can search any lawyer. So that will tell you, you know, how long they've been practicing law. So, mm. and the scary thing is some of these lawyers, you know, well, I mean, they're just like, they're just like a lot of other professions where they graduate from law school and they can't get a job in a big firm or, or, you know, or can't get a job at all. So they say, oh, I'm going to start my own law firm, mm-hmm. but they don't have years of experience to be able to advise. I mean, I think, I think young lawyers need to be working with, in a firm with, with others, you know, other attorneys to get the experience and right. the, the feedback themselves. So it's kind of, I think as a business owner, I would not, I wouldn't encourage you to go to a, a lawyer that's been practicing law in their field for, you know, less than five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they've been on their own for a while, you know, you, you'd want to, you want to ask those questions. Right. I think another great resource for that too, is if you have friends that are business owners as well, reaching out and asking them, like, who have you used, you know, have you had an employment attorney or do you have a, someone who's helped you form your business entity or, you know, and get referrals that way? Because most of the time they're going to have, if they've had a great experience and they have someone who's been able to help them, they're going to be able to refer you to them as well. And mm-hmm. having, that's why I love to be a resource for my own clients and I have all different kinds of people in different industries that I can refer that I know, like trust, you know, and, and have no doubts about referring. So I think it's important to reach out to some type of professional, whether it's, you know, ask your CPA if they know an attorney or a financial planner, or, you know, a lot of us in the financial realm have industry, uh, you know, referrals that we can give to a lot of different people right. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. That's very helpful is if, if you, um, you know, a lot of people have a very good relationship with it, with their CPA, or if they mm-hmm. don't, they, they need to find one that they can have that relationship with. And then the CPA, a lot of times can give them good guidance as well. And, you know, and that's what I said, that's what I'm working on right now is I've got a new program that I put together, um, it's the Legally Savvy Business Program, where um, where on a monthly basis we, you know, we have, you know, um, up to the up to the minute it question and answer type of uh, availability every month, where someone can come to us, you know, kind of come to a group setting. They can ask their questions, get their their questions answered at a high level mm-hmm. without necessarily, you know, retaining an attorney. Because a lot of times the question is, well, what sort of, do I need an attorney? Right. What sort of attorney do I need? You know, all those questions. So, um, and then we're doing uh, on a monthly basis, have just basically, you know, bites of legal, bite-sized legal <laughs> content if you will, right. sometimes it's a lot to swallow. Oh, for and, sure. um, and so it's about, like I said, it's about having education, just mm-hmm. having education on legal issues as they impact your, your business. So, uh, so that's why I'm excited about the program that, that we're, that we're really going to be launching it in 2021. It's, we're doing a soft launch now, but, um, but the idea is to provide legal education on key legal issues, mm-hmm. bringing resources to our clients. Like, like you say, you know, we are, there are a lot of other resources that, that are really important, whether it's bookkeeping, it's insurance, it's estate planning. So we're going to have, you know, quarterly experts come in and talk to our members about 
that you know the services they provide and all those sorts of things so I'm, right. I'm trying I really want my mission is really to just give business owners a safe place to go to get information. <laughs> That's so important. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you shared that because I wanted to ask you if you had, you know, something to share with the listeners. So that sounds like a perfect opportunity for someone to have, you know, an entry into that field without having to retain an attorney on, you know, a some issue that they have, they could just be like, Hey, like, what do I do if I, I need a contract for someone? Or is this person really an independent contractor or are they an employee? Right. One of the main yeah. issues that we have going on right now too. So I think yeah. that would be helpful. And then if there's more in depth help they need, then at least they feel comfortable and know they can reach out and have that extra assistance as needed too. But I think that's a great program that you're starting. Yeah. I'm really excited about it and I've been working on it for a while now and mm -hmm. Like I said, we're launching it under, it's a legallybulletproof.com. So it's, it's, I'm putting on free workshops on how to legally bulletproof your business. <laughs> and then, uh, and it's again, more legal information. And for some people that, that might just be enough. Mm -hmm. They want that ongoing community and support without necessarily, you know, taking the leap. Maybe, maybe they just don't have anything pressing right now that they need to, hire an attorney but they need access to the information so that's where our my legally savvy uh, business program comes in which is just a monthly program and then i also have a program um, for my business clients the the legal essentials which is if you if you say okay now do it for me <laughs> right. that is an actual attorney client relationship where mm -hmm. we are performing legal services and, uh, you know, and I say the legal essentials, what do you need? You need a business entity. You need a custom contract for your business. You need a trademark for your business. You want to make sure and do a good clearance search to make sure, even if you're already using your business name, mm -hmm. that hasn't already, you know, isn't already using it and it's going to send you a cease and desist letter. So plus, um, the legal essentials program provides that access to now in, in an attorney client relationship where you want to be able to call us and ask us a question, but you, you know, a lot of people are like, am I going to get billed for this call? You know, or, right. you know, I need to talk fast because I know you're billing. <laughs> and I literally had, I had clients, I know you're billing me for this call. I have to talk fast. So that's why I created the legal essentials program, which it includes, you know, calls and emails. So our clients can call us and know that they're not being, I don't want my clients afraid to call me if they have mm -hmm. a new business problem or opportunity. You know, they may say, Hey, I have an opportunity to maybe buy up a competitor. Mm -hmm. I've seen that a lot in this industry where right. in the, in, in business right now, where some business owners are just closing up shop and, and other entrepreneurs, more entrepreneurial business owners are like, well, that might be a good opportunity to maybe buy up some competition or, you know, buy some, you know, buy a, a business that's going under that might have a pretty solid client base. Right. Um, you know, so there's some good opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. well. That was my topic. Like I said, of the show last week, we were talking mergers and acquisitions and things to know. And it's not even, you know, like, the negative side of that. It could be someone who just is, you know, ready to retire or, but it could be someone who's struggling, who needs someone to come in. Yeah. It was definitely an interesting uh, topic we discussed last week too. So yeah. you're following up on that is perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're seeing a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So we work, you know, the clients with clients who are launching 
who are growing, mm-hmm. scaling, and then exiting their business. Mm-hmm. The whole cycle of business. This whole cycle, different stages. And, you know, and these five, these five pillars I talk about really mm-hmm. apply at every stage of business uh, and sometimes in different ways. Yes. So again, that's where my, my program is designed to have a business owner at maybe at different stages of their business come in and we say, okay, where are they coming in to the program and what information maybe do they need to refresh on? Or like I said, the corporate cleanup, maybe we need to kind of backtrack a little bit. Right. <laughs> Go back to the start and, you know, work on some of those legal structures. You know, mm-hmm. as an example, and you mentioned it earlier, as people who've been a sole proprietor for many years. Right. And then they come to me and they say, well, should I, you know, or they talk to their CPA or, and the CPA is like, okay, yeah, now it's time, mm-hmm. right? Now, my personal opinion is that a business owner should form the entity from the start. Right. Just make that clear. But, um, but but it doesn't always happen that way. And so, you know, so then we help to, you know, let you know when you're taking a sole proprietor and you're now moving into a business entity, different things that need to be done. Like, you know, you'll need to get the, the business entity gets a new EIN number. Right. Uh, now you're going to set up those separate bank accounts that we talked about. Uh, you need to republish your fictitious business name statements, which a lot of people don't realize. So there are some things that need to be happening you know, at different, at different stages, whether they're starting out with a business entity or maybe they do business for a little bit of time before they form that entity. Right. And from an accounting and payroll perspective, I would say ideally if you were operating as one entity and you're changing to another, a January 1st start date is ideal because, you know, otherwise you've got two entities that you're reporting payroll under and you've got two entities that you're doing bookkeeping under and it complicates the issue. So, uh, ideally for us, if you're going to, then try to have a January 1st start date if you're going to incorporate or have a different entity type. That's just to make it easier for us. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, that's true. And I think what a lot of um, people don't realize, especially at this time of year, so um, people will, they're, they're looking at forming a business entity, right? Mm-hmm. So if they form their business entity, which I've seen this happen, you know, they say, oh, I'm going to, I want to be up and running by January 1st. So it's now December. So I'm going to form my business entity on my own. I'm going to file December 10th, 14th, you know, third, whatever. What they don't realize is, especially if they're an LLC, they're going to get an $800 bill Mm -hmm. from the California Franchise Tax Bill, uh, tax board, because they're now paying the $800 uh, California tax to be uh, an an LLC uh, for 20, what's left 2020. Right. And, uh, and a corporation has a first year wave, but then after that, they pay $800. So they're, they're using up their waiver mm-hmm. if they're a corporation. But if they, um, there's a little bit of a, a trick to it is if you file it in the, and you have to be very careful about the date that you file to avoid the $800. But if you file basically towards the end of December, and um, then you allow your articles to pass through the Secretary of State without paying expedited filing fees, so then your, your entity is now going to be up and running by, the, by as close to January 1st. Mm-hmm. Or some people say, I want it January 1st, so they, they wait till January 1st, right. and then they file, and, and then they have to wait mm-hmm. for it to process. So there's a, a lot of timing issues this time of year mm-hmm. on that. So we work with our clients to help them to get their entities set up so it's ready to go um, you know, at or about the beginning of January. Right. 
which is perfect for from my perspective. But of course, if you're in the middle of the year and you really want that protection, you know, you can do that. It just complicates it on, you know, the accounting side of things or the payroll side of things. But protect yourself is what you're basically going to say, right? Yeah, yeah, don't wait. Don't mm-hmm. wait. If it comes up, you know, anytime throughout the year. I mean, at this time of year, I say, unless you have something pressing, like a you're signing, you know, you're buying a building or you're you're signing a long-term contract, Otherwise, yeah, I'd say you could have insurance, always have insurance. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. But yeah, but during the year, you know, it's, that's true. It, it complicates some of the accounting, but in the, in the, uh, in the long run, it's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have that happen. You know, if you take on a business partner, you know, mid-year, right. mm-hmm. uh, that will impact, you know, your tax structure. Maybe you'll go from being taxed as a sole proprietor to being taxed as a partnership or, right. you know, what have you. So, um it's unfortunate, but that's just one things of those happen. things. You have okay. to, you know, if you work with someone who's a professional like yourself and many other financial experts and professionals out there who do it, it's like, you know, the, as long as you're working with the right people, it doesn't have to right. be a nightmare. That's true. That's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, this has been informative. I know there's like so much information we really could talk about, um, but we wanted to just kind of just touch on a little bit of this being legally, you know, savvy business owner and just kind of cover a few of those topics. Um, but if people have more questions or they need some assistance and want to reach out to you, how can they reach you? Uh, let's see. So I have a, a few different things. Well, first off, I want to offer your listeners a free ebook. Mm-hmm. on the top five legal mistakes small business owners make. So as part of being legally savvy, like we talked about, it's about spotting the issue. Right. So if you text BIZLAW, so B-I-Z-L-A-W, to 26786, BIZLAW to 26786, you'll get a free ebook, and uh, and then also you'll be on my, my mailing list, and I'll be able to let you know when things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, at Chase Law Group, uh, or you can check out my uh, my website, Chase Law MB as in Manhattan Perfect. Well, thank you, Deanne, for being a guest on my show today. I really appreciate it and the input that you've given. I'm sure listeners will find it extremely helpful. Thank you, Candy. It's <laughs> always a pleasure. I love working with you, and I love the opportunity to share this information with people who need it. Perfect. And I want to thank the listeners actually for tuning in as well and watching this episode. I hope you found it interesting. And it did answer a few questions about what to do to be a a savvy, legally savvy business owner. Um, If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Deanne at any of the links that she shared, or you can reach us at media at abandp.com. And would you please share this episode with those you know? I'd greatly appreciate your support. Uh, Join us again next week for another important discussion as we will be educating you on other things to have you have your successful business. And again, you can find my website at abandp.com. And you can also find the link shared on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.